0: Have you ever felt that pang of disappointment when you couldn't add a ticket to your collection because it was digital, or maybe you just lost it? Well, Stubforge.com is here to change that. Imagine this, tickets that not only look, but feel like the real deal. Because each ticket from Stubforge is printed on the same quality stock that Ticketmaster uses and printed with genuine ticket printers. It's like holding a piece of the concert, the game, or the show right in your hands. But Stubforge isn't just about replacing tickets. With the easy-to-use interactive designer, you can create custom tickets for anything, from concerts to sports games, pregnancy announcements or parties. Why not make your invitations stand out with tickets that are as unique as your event? And if you're trying to complete a back catalogue of missing tickets, Stubforge offers bulk discounts to make it both easy and affordable. With Stubforge, you can once more give your loved ones physical tickets and see their eyes light up instantly at the best gift you can give. So whether you're looking to reignite your ticket collection, craft the perfect gift, or send the coolest invites, head over to StubForge.com. Start creating today and see how StubForge makes every ticket a story worth saving. Visit StubForge.com and start making tickets today.
1: Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Hello and welcome to Guilty Greeny, live on Fireside from the Climate Collab Auditorium. We are your imperfect host. I'm Kate Bagby. And
0: I'm Sarah Ferris. And we are tired of perfectionism and trying to live more sustainably. Personally, I'm completely overwhelmed with trying to make the correct choices. Like, how am I supposed to know whether faking is worse than chomping into your own homegrown Babe the Piglet? So let's get real for a minute and focus on what we can achieve, because I don't want to feel like I need a maths degree to work out the carbon footprint of a sandwich versus a salad every time I have a meal. Join us as we bear all, we'll share our own guilt, share our own journeys, and just add some levity in our attempts and fails to be more eco-friendly, but in the real world. Right,
1: Kate? Absolutely. We will be sharing our own journeys, the good, the bad, the bad the laughable, and today we are sharing the plain and simple Greenies Guide to Sustainable Travel. Because this is something that I think hits close to home for both Sarah and myself. I think I'm going to feel super guilty
0: this episode. Travel is something that I certainly cannot do without. I don't know if you can tell, but I'm not from around these parts in the UK where I currently live. My home is 24 hours on a plane on the other side of the world. As a starting point, <laughs> that makes me nervous. I'm going to feel like this is going to be Sarah with the guilty, guilty, guilty greeny complex this episode.
1: No, I think you're going to be pleasantly surprised. And you know, our goal is not to make anybody feel more guilty than they already do. It's complicated. All of mm. these topics that we cover, there's no single answer. And having conversations like this is incredibly important because there's also no one size fits all. There's no, you know, it has to be done this way every single time because just you and I, our lifestyles are very different. Mm. What's your relationship to travel then? Do you travel a lot? Uh, not now. You know, <laughs> COVID. <laughs> Before that, though, I did grow up traveling. I was very fortunate. My parents had a, a good income, and our vacations during the summers were spent driving cross country, generally the lower 48 states, and stop at campgrounds along the way. So we didn't do hotels or anything like mm. that, or it was pretty rare they were very big on making sure we didn't bypass local communities. So that is something that stuck with me. And as I got older, I've lived in Italy. I've lived in the UK. I love to travel. It comes back to, I want to get to know the local community. Every once in a while, I want to stay at a spa. I'm not going to (laughs) lie. But for the most part, I really like learning. You know, In Belize, I Went to a women's cooperative and learned how to make tortillas by hand. Oh. Yeah, so that's my relationship to travel. What about mm. yours? Did you travel a lot before you moved to the UK?
0: Well, I think we probably had different kinds of childhood because we were lucky enough to have a holiday place that we always went to. We would travel by car, three hours, bish bosh, bash. So we didn't have any international travel. But I think that's also what's driven my
1: passion to travel.
0: I wanted to see and feel places, which we just couldn't do from New Zealand.
1: Yeah. I miss a lot about Europe. One of the things I miss a lot is the proximity to different experiences. In the United States, for anyone who's not from the United States, I don't think they truly understand how big the country is and how long it takes just to drive within your own state. You know, I could drive four Mm -hmm. hours and still be in my home state. And it's full of incredible experiences. But I do miss in Europe and even Central America, being able to take a train or drive for a couple hours and just have a completely different world in front of you.
0: I haven't spent a lot of time in the States. Do you get pockets of different experiences from one state to the other?
1: No, it is different, but you can't really drive there, I'd say. What I would say you can do more than difference in community is the uh, geographical differences are incredible. You can find massive redwood forests to canyons, to deserts, to mountain peaks covered in snow. It's beautiful. It just takes a long time to get to all
0: these places. So I'm interested to see... If you want to escape America anytime, how are you going to manage that? What mode of transport is the most sustainable? Swimming. Um,
1: I'm just going for swimming. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure people love hearing about our personal journeys, but they came for the facts. (laughs) Let's start with modes of transportation. Mm. I think that's probably the most pressing question for people, isn't it? What's the best way to get there? Mm -hmm. You mentioned train. If we're talking within a country, train is one of the better choices. This is where things can get tricky in the sustainability conversation. There are trains that are powered by renewable energy. Ooh, that's got to be good. Absolutely. But then there are trains that are still powered through traditional fossil fuels. Mm -hmm. So this is where doing your research really comes in. But on a whole – There's kind of like a pyramid, walking and biking, best modes of transportation. So if you're staying in a city, Mm -hmm. walk or bike if you can. Train or public transportation if it's powered by renewable energy, great option. Makes sense. Now, if we're talking longer distance, this is where I think things get kind of interesting.
0: Yeah, this is the one that I need to know the good answer to because this is the problem. I've got an electric car, so I feel like I can be guilt-free in my own spaces even if we were to drive to France not sure I trust the French charging network yet (laughs) haven't tested that one out I'm sure it's probably better than the UK but yeah there's no way I'm taking a boat to New Zealand so I'm most interested in the flying tell me can I do it greenly
1: as you're saying, there's no way I'm taking a boat. My brain's like, oh, I would absolutely put me on a boat. <laughs> I love being on the ocean. The problem with that is, I think it takes about six weeks. <laughs> on
0: the, that's your entire annual leave, isn't it? Plus I, some. Well, you assume Americans have annual
1: leave. I love oh, that. Right. Uh, we don't. Yeah. Um, I think vacation <laughs> should be longer. I like the idea of six weeks, slow, slow vacation. But we digress. So long distance. Again, train. There are several countries and several rail systems that you can go between countries on. Before you delve any
0: further, are there any countries that are winning at electric trains? I want to say Japan. I don't have any numbers on that. I just threw you under the electric bus there, expecting some numbers straight out of you. Did. Uh,
1: <laughs> between flying and driving. I know we said it wasn't a math show. We won't be doing calculations, but I'm throwing out some numbers. Here we go. Okay. Roughly 24% of CO2 emissions from energy come from the transport sector. So that works out to about 8 billion tons of CO2 annually. And this was according to the International Energy Agency. Some people will say it's as low as 21%, and some people will say it's over 30%, but the generally agreed upon number is right around 24%. Right. Of that 24%, road travel makes up about three quarters, so about 75% of transport emissions. Overall, that means... That road transport accounts for 15% of total CO2 emissions. Okay. And then, lastly, Sarah, I think this gets to the heart of what you want to know, which is aviation. Of that 24%, aviation accounts for around 11, 12% of transport emissions. Overall, that equals around 2 to 3% of total global emissions. Now there's some debate on these numbers, but overall we can see there's a massive difference between uh, road transportation and aviation. Okay. I'm going to hope our audience that made sense. (laughs) I am
0: so number blind here. I can't even. So are you saying that the planes are actually a smaller proportion of the CO2 emissions Mm -hmm. versus cars, right? You are Mm -hmm. saying that. Okay, good. Mm -hmm. I've got that right. Mm Woohoo! Win for me. Do you know what, Kay? I'm loving where this is going. This is going <laughs> in the right direction for me.
1: Okay, you Can want we... me to keep going then? Yeah, yeah, because yeah, I'm feeling the guilt slightly rising off my shoulders. Well, this is where I'm going to take you off the cliff. I'm sorry. Mm, okay. sorry. If you took a flight from London to New York, that is the equivalent of using 11% of your annual average emissions total for a Westerner, okay? So okay. if you tallied up everything you did in a year... would be spent just on a single flight from London to New York. What else would make up that? How much would
0: normally be your driving on top of that? That's actually a really good question and I don't know. What I'm Mm. hoping is that my electric car is giving me an extra 30% in the bank that I can use up on aviation.
1: Hmm, that actually is a really good question. And again, I do not know. Um, I think the estimates right now are that one in 250 cars on the road are electric. So what is that? Around 2%, 3% of uh, vehicles or passenger cars are electric. But I don't actually know. But I would have to imagine the calculations include electric cars because it's based on energy usage. So... Take your own from that, I guess. I'm sorry, (laughs) Kate. You think I care about other people.
0: I'm just worried about my own (laughs) carbon footprint. (laughs) It's not been mistaken.
1: And there it is, everyone. Sarah's not doing the show for the audience whatsoever. (laughs) It is completely selfish. Hey, come on. I think I said
0: that to you when we first started the show. I just needed to have someone hack my life for me.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So you remember when I said the 11% though? Mm -hmm. That's 11% of a... Westerners' CO2, that would be an entire year's worth of carbon emissions for someone living in Ghana. Wow. So it's not it's great. Not, it's not
0: great. I'm interested to know if we should be doing a show on what our actual Westerners' footprint is. What's that made up of? Because it'd be interesting oh, to absolutely. then like break it down and look at okay, here's a place I can make a gain, and how much impact does that have?
1: Put a pin yeah. in that for season two. That's actually a really good idea at the end of each season to take those challenges and figure out how much you've lowered your carbon footprint. Mm. I think that'd be brilliant. Yeah.
0: It feels scarily like it might have more maths in it, though. So Yeah, it will. And we'll bring in a mathematician
1: <laughs> for that. they <laughs> are going to need one. Speaking of maths, oh. each year around 4 billion people fly. That was based on a 2018 statistic.
0: Mm, 2020, a little different.
1: In 2020, there was 1 billion fewer international arrivals than in 2019. That was a 74% drop. Wow. That's got to be so good for the planet. Yes and no. This is where things get a bit tricky. The travel and hospitality industry is one of the biggest industries in the world. So essentially, it employs a lot of people. Okay. While the number of flights were decreasing, which obviously led to a decrease in carbon emissions from aviation, that's awesome. It had an un- unintended consequence, which was often devastating to local economies that relied on tourism. So
0: we're winning for the planet and losing for the people.
1: Exactly. And part of sustainable travel isn't just modes of transportation, it's looking at the entire impact from your travel. So that's everything from carbon emissions to environmental respect or disregard, and also support for local communities and helping to strengthen all of those.
0: So if you were going to go to a place on holiday for two weeks, Mm -hmm. is your ideal to stay in one spot and just really embed yourself in the community? Or Would you be okay with traveling around in a sustainable way to experience more of the country? Is that not better because you're spreading the tourism around as well?
1: I think we have to be real about a few things. And I alluded to this earlier, which is in the United States, there's no guaranteed vacation. And I know Americans get a really bad rap when they travel for some very good reasons, and some I think <laughs> really uh, yeah. misunderstood reasons. When I lived in Italy, so I went to university there, I was a full time student in Rome. A large portion of the university was made up of study abroad students who every four months, a new couple hundred students would come in. Mm-hmm. At the time, I would get really annoyed because every single weekend they were off to a different country, a different city. They were constantly traveling, and I I don't know why I kind of took it as a personal affront because I thought you're not getting to know this beautiful city and culture. You're not experiencing it. But later in life, I reflected and realized this may be the only time some of these individuals will ever go to Europe. They're trying to see and do as much as possible. So when you ask the question, would I stay somewhere for two weeks or would I try to fit in quite a few locations? One, it depends on the location and what I'm doing. But I'm planning a trip for next fall and we're looking at doing Thailand, Cambodia and Vietnam in about two and a half weeks. And That's punchy. Same reason. I don't know if I'll ever go back there If you can travel between these countries in a more environmentally friendly mode of transportation, that's Mm -hmm. how it should be done. The other thing that I think is really, really important when we're talking about sustainable travel is respect to the local community. This is a big, big one for me. And what does that look like? The first thing you can do is stay with a local host. You can do an Airbnb outside the Mm. city. I'm never going to recommend an Airbnb inside a city. But make sure it's owned by an individual and not a a property management company. Make sure that money is going directly to that person. And if you can find them on another platform or message them directly, I did that in Iceland where it was listed as an Airbnb, but got in touch through friends to the owner directly and was able to rent out the place. And they got to keep 100% of those profits. The other thing um, is if you want to stay at a resort, I'm not going to dissuade anybody from doing that, but know who owns it. Is it a mega corporation that's owning it or is it a local agent that makes sure to employ the local population and not just employ them, but are they in management positions? Right. I don't think I've ever, ever stopped to think about that. Once you see it, though, you almost can't unsee it because Mm. if everybody who's serving your food is from the local population, but then you see management walking around and they're clearly not from the area, that Mm. is a big indicator that that money is not staying in that community or And not enough of it is staying in that community.
0: But hold on, that's quite hard to do though when you're booking it because you you can't see who the management is then, can you? Very easily. (laughs) Is there a hack when you're researching
1: it at all? Yeah, this is where the internet is incredibly powerful. Think about all the review sites that you can go to and you can ask questions and say, hey, I saw you stayed here. What was your observation? Not of how comfortable the beds were, although important question. What was your observation on the staff? Did you feel like you were actually part of the community helping the community or did you feel that it was very sanitized for the tourist palate? The other thing with that too, eat at local restaurants, get Mm -hmm. off the beaten tourist path, take those windy back roads. You will meet the nicest people. I've been invited into more people's homes for food than I can count and it's fantastic. You'll always walk away with a phenomenal story true great friends some of people I keep in contact with most in the world are people I met just asking for recommendations and ended up at their family's bar
0: wow I can say I've never had that experience I think I'm a very um, sterilized traveler might be the word often I'll hire a house on Airbnb so I do do that side of things but I'm gonna make an effort when I'm away next time God knows when that will be <laughs> with COVID. But to actually be a bit more integrated into the local community,
1: a bit of a challenge there for myself. Simple things. Take a local art course, mm. you know. Mm-hmm. Think about things you would do with your children. You might sign them up for art lessons or you might take them cycling. You can yeah. research all of that online, local art teacher. Yeah. And, again, that money goes directly to that community. And learn just a few words. Just, Mm, mm -hmm. hello, I'm sorry I don't speak the language, where is? And even
0: if you botch it up, I've been in places where I don't care, i just give it a try and it's so appreciated. (laughs) My kids are so embarrassed of me because I will just give it a crack and I get it wrong. I remember going into Germany and going up to the border control and saying Els instead of Guten Morgen or whatever it was supposed to be and the kids are (laughs) like, where are you going, mum? And the guy looking at me like, well, you're a bit nuts. But uh, thanks for trying.
1: (laughs) Yeah, but the kids secretly loved that. And I can completely relate to that story. Um, But what do you say we switch over to modes of transportation? Because I don't actually even think we wrapped up that conversation. Yes. The short answer is for modes of travel, take a direct flight and pack as light as you possibly can because fuel usage is calculated on the weight of the plane. Mm Mm-hmm. So the lighter you pack, the less fuel that's needed. And then on top of that, a lot of the emissions from aviation come from takeoff. So direct flight is the way to go. When it comes to travel, walking and biking, if you're in a local area, are the best options. Second is public transport. Third would be flying if you're taking a longer journey. And last very last is driving yourself, mm-hmm. like your own car.
0: Often now, when I book a flight, they say, Do you want to offset your carbon emissions by, you know, paying extra? Do you know where that actually goes and how effective those offsetting plans are
1: with airlines? Yes. Is it greenwashing? It very much can be. Yes. Right. And I actually think we should do a show on carbon offset and carbon mm. credits. Listen, it's never a bad thing, in my opinion, to give back or offset to the best of your ability, even if you don't know that much about it. There is a lot of greenwashing that happens in every industry. Hospitality and tourism is not exempt from that whatsoever. But you do have to start somewhere and learn as you go. So if you have that option, do it. And then in the meantime, stay tuned to the episode of Guilty Greeny where Sarah and I discuss carbon offsets. Do you think they'll ever make aviation
0: transport green? do you think they can make an electric plane?
1: They are trying. And I just came across an article uh, last week that they were able to find a new biofuel and I forget what it was. It's not the first time that a green fuel has been found. The problem is scalability because we do Mm -hmm. fly a lot. We have tourism and then we have business travel. Business travel has dropped down, obviously, because of COVID and more people are realizing they can work from Mm -hmm. home. But there is still a lot of business travel. Volume is only going to increase as people want to see the world. It's scalability and it's also untested. So best guess is that one, we are years away from making any of these biofuels or uh, electric planes usable. And then on top of that, then you have to mass manufacture, which opens up a whole different conversation. My guess is we're looking years, decades out on that.
0: So, what I'm hearing is that it's okay if I travel by plane, if I have to, if I travel direct, travel light, and don't do it too often. If it's 11% of my carbon footprint for the year, you mm-hmm. don't want to be doing multiple long haul flights.
1: No. I mean, so many people overlook this, but traveling locally is one of the most sustainable things you can do. Now, again, it depends, Sarah, you're close to a lot of things. I'm not close to a lot of things. But
0: I am far from my family. Yes. So I've always got built into my carbon footprint and need to get home. So mm-hmm. I do have to be really aware of the rest of my travel that I'm doing in the year.
1: I would also say we live in a modern world. We are to some extent at the mercy of how the world operates right now, economically, politically. So we do need to be accountable for our impact on things. But that also doesn't mean we should be beating ourselves up for wanting to do things like seeing our family. Looking Mm -hmm. at, okay, I know I'm going to take two flights a year and that's non-negotiable for me. But maybe Mm -hmm. I can line dry my clothing. Maybe I can take shorter showers. Maybe I can learn to compost. At the beginning of the show, we said everybody's lifestyle is different. And as long as you're not abusing it and excusing your behavior by just saying, oh, well, I'm going to take flights, but, you know, I turn off the lights when I go to bed. You're not being accountable at that point. You're greenwashing yourself. Yeah, well, you're deluding yourself. Everyone's lifestyle is different. You have to find what works best for you while trying to constantly do a little bit better. But that doesn't have to be hard. So if you were going to sum up your
0: main points from the travel, what what would be the things that you'd want to ram on home to everyone?
1: I would say when it comes to sustainable travel, you need to take into account modes of transportation, where Mm -hmm. you are staying, how you are supporting the local economies and communities, and what you are learning from it. So once you're there, stay at a locally owned hotel, resort, whatever. Be very mindful of your impact. Are you staying on trails when you're hiking? And then last and certainly not least is to help the local community in the way that they need it. Don't just go in there and assume you know what they need. Really, get to know people. Mm. Buy your art from a a local art studio that's off the beaten path. Eat at family restaurants. Find the parks that are outside the tourist. And I should add this little asterisk, travel in the off-season. Oh, you threw that one in
0: there last minute, didn't you? Yeah. So as I was saying that,
1: I'm like, there are certain economies that heavily depend on tourism's dollars and that money needs really to be spread out over the year. One, you get Mm -hmm. to help the local economy. Two, you get to see things. It's cheaper. And you get to see things that you wouldn't because otherwise you'd have throngs of people standing in front of you.
0: Oh God, I can't stand crowds. I'm all about the off season.
1: I know, you know, the pretty travel photos are so enticing, but go to the places that people aren't talking about. It doesn't mean they're less safe. It just means they haven't been plastered everywhere online. But those are the most magical experiences. Hidden
0: gems. Hidden gems. gems.
1: Yep. Um, That was a lot.
0: It was a lot. But the great thing is, I actually have come out of all of that information feeling... Less guilty than I thought I would, which is a win for me.
1: I told Mm. you.
0: But I think for me, having the electric car has been a massive game changer in how I look at traveling as well. When COVID first came, we had like a gas guzzler. And after COVID, having it sitting on the street for months on end, not impacting the environment, I actually felt really guilty about sitting in it and putting the pedal down. So that's why we went to the electric. And I think COVID, it has had some benefits for the planet, wouldn't you agree?
1: Yes. Last year, beginning of this year, there was some data that came out in terms of COVID and travel and how decreased travel has, had actually helped the environment. Uh, some of the ones, I'm sure people saw this on the news, was you know, the Venice canals had cleared up. And there, mm, were, there, mm. were fi- there were certain species of fish that were coming back. Demand for coal went down. There was a decre- yeah. decreased electricity demand. Traffic congestion lightened, right? We got cars off the roads. And CO2 emissions were lowered in some places by as uh, much as 10%. What they found, though, is a lot of those were short term.
0: Right. Because it's interesting to wonder what will be the positive things that we will take forward from being in lockdowns.
1: That was the speculation. Everyone was really hopeful. They're like, oh, this is a great resetting point. So when we move forward, Mm. we can now see how quickly we can turn things around. And it was like, everyone just kind of forgot, you know, applauded (laughs) all the great things. But then just was like, I have to go back to my, I have to go back to living.
0: Yes, because I know that over here we've had a petrol crisis that hit us back in September 2021, and since then the amount of electric cars that I now see in my neighbourhood has definitely increased. And hopefully that's going to speed things up, and we're all moving towards electric anyway. But enough of my electric car. God, I crap on about it, don't I?
1: Because you love it, actually. I great, love it. It's a great advertisement. Don't say the name of it, though. Maybe we can become a sponsor. Oh, I know, that'd be great. I could a fleet of them
0: <laughs> Bring it! If you're loving all this free content and thinking, how can I support the podcast? Well, one way is to support our sponsors like this one. I don't know about you, but I love smoothies. But I don't love smoothie bar prices. BlendJet 2 is portable, so you can blend up a smoothie at work, a protein shake at the gym, or my favourite, even a margarita on the beach. It's small enough to fit in a cup holder, but powerful enough to blast through tough ingredients like ice with ease. BlendJet 2 is whisper quiet, so you can make your morning smoothie without waking up the whole house. The battery lasts for 15 plus blends and recharges quickly via a USB C cable. Best of all, Blendjet 2 cleans itself. Just blend water with a drop of soap and you're good to go. It has over 30 plus colors and patterns to choose from, which makes them an awesome present. Go to blendjet2.com and grab yours today and be sure to use the promo code FERRIS12 to get 12% off and free two-day shipping. That's Ferris, as in my last name, F for frog, E-R-R-I-S for sugar, 12. Whatever way you remember it, ferris 12 into the website they guarantee you'll love it or your money back plus as a bonus it's a great way to support the podcast and if you can't remember ferris 12 go to the show notes
1: and click the link now that i've had you feeling good about traveling yeah let's talk about what your you want to start with lows today or highs We could do lows all right let's bring it down that's right the mood was too good let's bring it down all right do you want to start Come no, on. I've been talking too much. You're all- okay. What was your low of the week? Well,
0: my low of the week is the compost bin. Okay, a couple of episodes ago, you gave me the challenge of recycling, well, of composting all my food waste in the house, and yep. this is probably the one challenge that I was resistant to because I knew I should do it. I didn't know why until we had that episode and go back and listen to it. If you're not sure why it's great reason to compost food but it's just still annoying I still swear every time I empty the bloody bin because the damn bag breaks and blah 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 plus it's one habit that has not been adopted by everybody in the house so every time I open the bin the banana skin in the bin beside the compost bin so yeah that's my low and it's not that big we'll get there and I will not not have the compost bin now I'm not going backwards but it is just a little bit of one of those reality points of um yeah it's not all rainbows okay. and butterflies
1: yeah we talked about freezing so it would stop you know juicing so to speak on the kitchen counter um but you said you didn't have space in the freezer for that what about why use a liner at all is it required oh.
0: No, well no it, it's because then I can do smaller bits like I can just it, it seemed like it was cleaner I think the problem is the bag is compostable and by the time you go to empty it what I'm hearing myself saying is I need to empty the bin more often that's probably the um, issue I mean that would
1: yeah that would, that would help one and <laughs> shut the
0: heck up Sarah about you whinging over a compost bin but you know you no. did ask me my low if that's my low then I'm living a great life let's be Listen, fair
1: but that's a very real frustration
0: Hmm. we're being real.
1: Okay, come on, tell me your low. My low of the week, I feel like it's an accidental, it's an accidental low. (laughs) (laughs) Hold on, nobody plans a low. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Okay. We had Thanksgiving this past week. There's a lot of food, a lot of dishes. Everyone just sat down to eat and someone went to go rinse off, I think it was a plate or something, and they said, oh, your water is not working. It turned out my water pressure tank broke. Oh, that is a pain. Yeah, I had no water in the house. We did figure out how to rig it for 10 minutes at a time. We'd get water and then it would turn off again. We called a couple plumbers Mm. and no one called us back. We didn't exactly know what was wrong with it, but we knew it was an older system from the 80s. So instead of replacing what we think was probably just two or three pieces that needed to be fixed, we bought and installed an entirely new water pressure system.
0: (laughs) Kate, that's exactly what I would have done. But I'm guessing that's probably more efficient in terms of heating, maybe. I'm clutching it trying to find some positives for you there. No, so it's not
1: for heating. It's just literally for getting the water through the pipes. Oh, okay. Well, I can't help you out. Shame, shame, shame on you. (laughs) It was like when I think of it as a low, I had to buy an entire new system instead of just replacing one piece give yourself a break on that one. Let's go to your highs and and bring it up. Bring it up. What have you got for me? Well, my high actually has to do with the plumbing. This sounds so weird. <laughs> um, oh. So I learned after the fact, most likely the reason a plumber never got back to us is because apparently Thanksgiving through the holidays, through Christmas is the busiest time for plumbers. And I couldn't figure out why. I thought, are people washing more dishes? What's happening? Turns out it's actually from the garbage disposals in the sinks. Do you know, oh, do you yeah, have yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, well, we don't have one, but yes, um, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah.
1: I don't have one either. They scare they We used they, to. They scare we me. We used to have
0: them, and oh. my mum would be absolutely petrified that somebody would put their hand down it and, and mush it up, so it was used with I mean, caution.
1: I've never heard of that happening to anyone, but for some reason I can picture losing a few fingers, so I don't <laughs> allow them in my house. So my high was Mm -hmm. that we had, I'm going to say a minimal, it's not definitely not zero, but a minimal food waste Thanksgiving. Well done. Anything we didn't eat that could either be composted or fed to the animals, we did that. Anything that could be saved to made into uh, soups or stocks, we did that. So I'd say for the amount of food, very, very minimal waste. Well done. And that's why I think that you live like the Waltons. I
0: I have this idyllic picture of you living there with your pickling jars and your pumpkin mash. I don't live on the prairie. That's the one. Little house on the prairie, not the Waltons. Yeah. What was your high? Well, I had two. So I had a problem where I had my sneakers, which I go to the gym with. And one of the sneakers just went missing in my house. So I had like one sneaker. It's baffled every single person in our house where that sneaker is gone. So I had to buy a new pair of sneakers. And I made the choice to put in the word sustainable when I searched for them. And yes, I bought some Sneakers that had well they say they're sustainable. <laughs> I don't know. But they've got like a something called a rubber compound that's like a sustainable compound, which is made from 70% natural, 20% virgin rubber, 10% conventional rubber.
1: I'm hoping that's better than a normal shoe, is it? Or have I yeah. just
0: been greenwashed?
1: Without knowing the brand and without knowing where their rubber is being acquired and where it's being made, I can't truly answer that question for you. Um but do you know what I think the ultimate high of that was? What? It made you stop and think, hey, exactly. do I really need it? And is there a better alternative out there? I think that right there is it's a, half, it's half the battle. Yeah. And I did the
0: same because I needed to get suitcases. All our suitcases had fallen to pieces and we thought we might go somewhere until Omicron has come along. I did the same thing, trying to find suitcases that were made out of 100% recycled plastic bottles, which is my nice. cool. That's yeah. great. Yeah. Thank you. So there's my wins. I'm quite happy with Those them. Those are great
1: week. wins. That really is the goal of Guilty Greenie is just to really mm. start thinking about the choices we make, why we make them and how we can just do a little bit better.
0: Yeah, and it's becoming muscle memory now. It's becoming habit.
1: It's like going to the gym, something I don't ever do. But I've heard, <laughs> I've heard this thing called yeah. muscle memory.
0: <laughs> I went to the gym the other day for the first time and I'd been there for years, like nine years I'd been at the same gym. And then I took a year off when COVID happened. I went back to the gym and I thought, I'm going to do a HIIT class, just blast it, see if I can move something. The guy in the class said to me, oh, madam, is this your first time at the
1: gym? Oh, I was no. so
0: mortified, and I was just like, "Yeah, no, okay, I've got a mountain to climb." He goes, "You're climbing a mountain. You shouldn't do that yet." Oh. Wait, this
1: was the trainer.
0: It's the there? trainer. Like, where's your motivational speech, dude? I could see him eyeing up the defibrillator in the corner out of the corner of his eye. <laughs> it was very embarrassing.
1: <laughs> I guess we're gonna have to figure out if anybody paid attention during training on how to use this. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's go on to the challenge of last week. Mm, I'm so curious about this, how this went for you. The challenge Mm. last week was to clear out your email inbox of Mm. anything that was not needed. When you told me this,
0: it blew my mind. I didn't even know it was a thing. And I did put it to the family, as I do every week. This week's Guilty greedy Challenge, Ava, is that I have to, and you have to do it too, delete all of your emails that come into your inbox that are spam and unsubscribe to them. Do you know why you've got to do that? Because it's really annoying. I have like thousands of emails that I don't read. It takes up electricity to process all the servers that send the emails. I mean, they use electricity, but I didn't know that. I've got 17,000 in my inbox, actually. It'll take me a while. So apparently it creates a carbon footprint, which I didn't realise. I just thought it was paper-free. Yeah, that makes sense, actually, because we're doing an audit at work, and part of your carbon footprint is how many um, or what AWS data centres you use and how much AWS uh, Amazon Web Servers, which is like that and Microsoft Zero, the two big data centres in the world that people use. Okay, see if you can delete some of yours. I've done it already. I've encouraged you to do it in the past, and you've mocked me if you recall, <laughs> I thought it didn't make any difference. Like, Given
1: you get one about every 10 seconds.
0: I think my spam folder is probably causing a ozone hole somewhere.
1: I love the different reactions. I mean, I was like, it's just
0: annoying. I know. It's so annoying to me. But, but Gareth is spot on. And interesting that his work was actually looking at that, doing a project on how much that contributes to their carbon footprint, which I thought was really good. The thing that surprised me about this challenge was I didn't even put two and two together. I thought, oh, great, I'm paper free. So I thought that was guilt free. Didn't even take into account the electricity that it was consuming. Mm-hmm. It is Freaking time-consuming to unsubscribe after nearly forty, well, forty-six years odd of just letting your inbox pile up. up. Well, to be fair, (laughs) email wasn't around forty-six years ago, so maybe (laughs) twenty-six years ago. Now I'm just consciously doing it. Every time one comes through, I'm unsubscribing. Some of them make it easier than others. Yes. Um, and that's really annoying, but I'm definitely going through it. I think it's good now because Aviana's is going to know to do it from the beginning and she's going to have a nice clean inbox, which is you know something that's going to take me a long time to achieve.
1: Good challenge. I think I had mentioned it in the last show, I spent, this was two summers ago, when I learned the size of the problem, I had 200,000, I had hundreds of thousands oh, oh. of emails and I sat there in the evenings, deleting and unsubscribing to the point where now my inbox total, not even unopened or anything, has 32 emails in it. (gasps) That's impressive. Okay, that's hashtag goals. I'm going to try and get there. It's a
0: long way (laughs) for me to go, but I'm going to try.
1: For anybody curious, Gareth nailed it. And also Mm -hmm. I love his reaction about how he's like, I've told you about this and I've tried (laughs) to get you to do this. (laughs) It's taking a stranger to convince you. (laughs) Roughly 319.6 billion emails are sent daily. That's about 3 million emails every single second.
0: Wow. That's Mm -hmm. a lot.
1: And it takes up server space. Right. If you're not Mm -hmm. deleting them, it takes up energy for those servers, also energy to send them for a plain text email. It's around four grams of carbon emissions. I'm sorry, carbon dioxide equivalent. If you add multiple attachments like a PDF or photos or anything like that, it's 50 grams. Adds up very quickly to the point where sending one less email would save the equivalent of. 3,334 cars on the road it'd be the equivalent of taking 3,000 cars off the road
0: I feel like I have been responsible for the polar ice caps melting with just my emails that is really bad great well now I'm terrified of next week's challenge we're going to be doing tech are you tying your challenge to that or not yes
1: I am. Oh, no. Okay. You get another tech one, and I think this is also going to surprise a few people. We're not going to go into the particulars of it today. We'll save that for next week. I'm so sorry for this. I'm
0: so sorry. don't start like that. That's not a good way to
1: start. I'm so sorry. Okay. Your challenge for this week is no streaming music.
0: I think I've just won.
1: Hold on, I need
0: to clarify.
1: Like no Spotify, Pandora, SoundCloud, Apple Music. Is it
0: just music or is it podcasts?
1: Here's the thing. I was talking about this challenge with my husband and he said, um, here's the issue with that challenge is if all your listeners stop streaming, (laughs) you will not have a show. (laughs)
0: oh my god and this is the last episode of guilty greenie thanks everyone for coming goodbye (laughs) oh no
1: but if (laughs) if people you know take some advice take some insight away from guilty greenie to Mm. the point where we actually don't have a job i would say we've done our job true true so
0: are you telling me that i can't stream podcasts or i can (laughs) what do you stream the most I'm not a massive music listener. If I've ever got something in my ears, it's generally a podcast. But it's not saying that other people in the house don't. So, you know, we can inflict the pain on them, right?
1: We'll change it. No streaming TV or movies then.
0: (gasps) Kate, you're breaking up on me for sure right now. Can I tell you something?
1: Best of luck to you. Oh, my God.
0: We're getting a new TV tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) Oh
1: no! Oh, that sucks for you.
0: That does suck for me. Okay, I'll stop the podcasts. I'll stop the podcasts. I promise. <laughs> what, I'll isn't stop this the, the
1: first time bargaining. Isn't bargaining <laughs> the first time? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I will stop the podcasts and raise you the streaming of the music okay all right let's go back to the original that's how one kind of we sit on the couch together at night and have a moment watching a box set or something together so I'd rather get rid of the podcasts and the um,
1: music please can I please 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 I will let you choose because this was going to be a very tough challenge so it I is. will I will let you negotiate the terms of this one streaming that's the focus though
0: All right. Well, I'm going to commit to you that I'm going to stop streaming music and podcasts. Actually, why don't we record tomorrow? No.
1: (laughs) Worth a try. See, I have this co-host on this podcast that makes me do work when I'm not hosting a show. She makes me edit transcripts and all sorts of stuff. So take it up with her. Okay. She sounds like a cow. All right. Well, I think that's it for the week, isn't it? I think it is. Please do join us next week to see if Sarah accomplished her challenge and for more, the good, the bad, and the laughable as we tackle our own sustainability journeys exclusively on Fireside in the Climate Collab Auditorium. Thank you for joining us on this week's episode of Guilty Greeny. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please share, rate, five-star review on Apple. It helps others find the podcast and get the climate conversation flowing. Guilty Greenie is an independently made podcast. So if you would like to support the podcast, please go to buymeacoffee.com backslash Guilty greenie. The more support, the more content for your ears. Follow us on Instagram at Guilty greenie and join us in tackling the Guilty greenie challenges. Make sure to share your experiences, the good, the bad, and the laughable. We'd love to hear from you. And let us know what topics you want to know more about. Until then, stay Curiously Green. Bye-bye.
0: And now here's a sneak peek at some other fabulous podcasts we think
1: you'll love. On the morning of August 1st, 1966, shots ring out from the observation deck of the clock tower on the University of Texas campus. It marks the infamous beginning of the modern era of mass shootings in America.
0: 24 hours ago, I found out the person that I've been dating for the last six months is a con man. That is my sister Emma. Andrew Tonks's lies had been so convincing, she'd invested $300,000 with him. However, the tables were about to turn on Andrew. What he didn't know was that Emma had discovered his real identity. But to get any chance of justice, Emma had to act like it was business as usual.